0: Hello, I'm your host, Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by CityLets and Arla Property Mart, Scotland. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting. Investment, legislation, personal stories and much more. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's Talk at citylets.co.uk Today, my guest is Grant Fairbairn, Managing Director of Grant Fairbairn Property Leasing. Morning.
1: Thanks for having me, Gillian.
0: Oh, welcome. Thank I you for coming in. I
1: feel like I've made it as a letting agent by <laughs> being asked to come on the podcast, so thank you.
0: <laughs> well, look, before we talk about your agency, just tell us a bit about your background
1: prior to setting it up? Yeah so I've had the company for about six years now uh, and prior to that I worked for a, a more nationwide letting company um, which was great experience for me. I worked there for six years and did uh, a little bit of everything there which was um, great. It's a good way to almost sort of do your letting apprenticeship in a way and, and learn a bit about everything before you go on your own sort of thing. So um, yeah that was my... my start before being self-employed.
0: Perfect. Well, so so what were the instigating factors then that led you to set up your own business? Um I think
1: just wanting to do things my own way, um pick my own landlords and clients is is quite a nice factor of having your own letting business and picking your properties that you manage as well. Um trying to avoid sort of bad properties um, not having to take them on and being able to actually say sorry to a landlord this property isn't quite uh, the standard So so what would you
0: classify as a bad property? Um, I think
1: landlords that don't do repairs and maintenance Mm -hmm. um, and don't Keep their properties to a certain standard, so don't you know? Do, do like say painting and when a carpet needs changed, and you know they, they try and do the, the bare minimum. Mm. Um, luckily, there, there's fewer and fewer of those landlords these days, but they do still exist. Um, I, I've always had the philosophy that uh, I wouldn't rent out a property if I wouldn't stay in it myself. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to show tenants that bit of respect that you know if, if I wouldn't stay in it, then why would I expect you to stay in it sort of thing? So absolutely. Um,
0: so what would you say then are the core values of of your business
1: um good good properties um good landlords and, and we've always said that, that hopefully then leads to good tenants and in oh, theory means less rent years, less tenants trashing properties at the end of leases and things like that and we don't get too many rent arrears which hopefully sort of backs up the philosophy of having the good properties and having the good landlords then attracts the good people sort of thing. So um, that's the philosophy. The the other one we try and focus a lot on is um, communication. So just getting back to people the same day, even the same morning or the same afternoon is quite important. Because... Feedback we get from clients is there's nothing worse than waiting for a week for a reply to an email or yeah. You know leaving a voicemail and nobody phones you back. So it's very very basic stuff But we feel it keeps landlords and tenants happy just to kind of update things. So um sometimes means that you've Got to stay a little bit later in the day to get back to everybody, but I think that's an important one for us So um,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. um just good. going back to so something you just mentioned. Do you feel then if you um are presenting a really well-kept property. Do you find that tenants then will respect the property more?
1: Yes, not not always. Um, sometimes you you I mean, sometimes you give a tenant a fantastic, beautiful, you know, just built with mm-hmm. lovely balcony and things, and then you go and do an inspection, and you think this is not how I would live at all. Oh, yeah. um, it does happen, but as a rule of thumb, most. Tenants that get a nice property, they will make it a bit more homely and take a bit more care of it. So um, yes, I would say most of them do take care of it, but it, not always. But I think it's a good investment to have your property nice because, I mean, if you go and stay in a nice hotel, you want to leave it nice. If you stay in a rubbish hotel, you think, oh, come on, I'll not make the bed when I leave and things yeah, like that. So, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, now, Grant Fairbairn Property Leasing was originally located in Aberdeen and you've recently moved to Edinburgh. So what were the reasons behind this move?
1: Um, So I've been in Aberdeen for 16 years Um, and my wife and I, we've always wanted to move to Edinburgh and we'd always... Come down to visit at weekends and things like that, and um, it got to the stage we kept saying it'd be really nice to actually move down here. But you know what it's like—you never do anything about it. Um, and then we were approached by a, a bigger leasing company who said we're quite interested in buying your, your Aberdeen um, branch and portfolio, and we weren't really looking to sell. But then my wife and I had the chat and says, "Well, this could be the chance to move to Edinburgh and set up down there." And then we said, "Yeah, let's just just go for it because we're not getting any." younger and it's not getting it doesn't get any easier as you get older as well so I um, thought we would give it a go and that's the, the reason behind the move.
0: So how long have you been in Edinburgh for?
1: Um, I've been in Edinburgh now for three and a half weeks so 1st of, course, first right. first of September is, yeah. Yeah. so uh, brand new, um, like the, the new kid in, in school. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> so what would you say then are the most challenging aspects of relocating a letting agency or kind of starting a new letting agency when you've been say in the north of Scotland and you're now setting up in the capital city?
1: Yeah, so I mean the, the, yeah. the fundamental processes are the same, um you know how you get a property ready to market. Um you know obviously rules and laws and things are all the same so that's good but the, the market down here is obviously very different. The demand is massive for rental properties and the supply is very low so and, and there's lots of other competition from things like Airbnb. Um so a lot of people choose to do Airbnb rather than Maybe rent out their property. Um, Where you go back to Aberdeen, there's still a healthy demand in Aberdeen, but it's nowhere near as busy and as crazy as Edinburgh. Uh, And it's supply-wise as well that there's always quite a constant supply in Aberdeen, apart from maybe August and September. Um, So yeah, it's a a busier place and and learning the market as well, learning how to price things. Where you can use like some of your city lets. OptiLet tool and things like that help yeah. but you know you're almost sort of starting from scratch again and, and learning but it's, it's exciting it's part of the, the fun I suppose
0: <laughs> So and but your properties Camp Fairburn properties aren't limited they'll be just limited to Edinburgh will they?
1: We, we try and stay in the city if we can um, it's just for it's more e- efficiency it just means we can deal with things quicker rather than if, if we've got to go you know, in Aberdeen, some agents will cover as far as like so Peterhead, and they'll yeah. go up as far as like, Inch and go down as far as Lawrence Kirk. I and mean, these are quite, they're not massive journeys, but if, if you've got a couple of appointments there, that can eat up your whole morning. And it's the same idea in Edinburgh. Know. If you're going over the the bridge, you know, if you're going down to maybe areas like in the borders and things yeah. like that, it can really eat up your day doing those appointments. So I've always preferred just to stick in one quite concentrated zone and I find it more It'd efficient. Be a
0: better service as well. Okay. So let's talk about, obviously, there's been a lot of things happening in the news and last month there was the, the, the big <coughs> um, unexpected kind of announcement from the First Minister regarding rent freezes and eviction ban. So starting with the rent freeze, because it's been imposed until the end of March 23 um, with an indication it will be reviewed rather than expiring. So many of us will or should understand um, the reasoning behind the decision, however at the same time there's been great concern raised by landlords. Um, over their affordability for, for a variety of things for maintenance costs, fulfilling normal tenant services and as well as they've got to cope with interest rises on their rental properties and their own properties if they've not fixed in. So, you know, what are your views in this emergency legislation?
1: Yeah, um, so it's a very... Hot topic. Um, When um, the Scottish government made their announcement, um, myself and I think a lot of letting agents, we got inundated with phone calls from landlords asking, "What does this mean?" Um, But before I talk any more about it, um, it's probably important to note uh, at this exact moment in time, the draft legislation hasn't been published yet. Um, So, at the moment, the Scottish government have not actually. Given us anything concrete to say this is the exact rules, we've got a rough idea of what they're going to mean, um, but at this exact moment in time, they haven't given us the exact details, which is sometimes quite challenging for letting agents because the Scottish Government often make these announcements and then landlords naturally hope that you're the expert in this and expect you to know everything about it, but mm-hmm. often when When they make this announcement on tv the landlord's phone and they think well you actually know just the same as i do um and and luckily we do get updates from likes of landlord accreditation scotland they're very good for keeping us updated and saying Mm -hmm. um, look this is our interpretation of it so far um i think that the scottish government with the cost of living crisis they obviously needed to be seen to be doing something, mm-hmm. so you can understand why they they, they brought this into place. Um, a lot of landlords, I felt, panicked a little bit, and they felt that it meant that you could never evict a tenant ever again. That's not what it means. Well, well as I said, no one knows the exact details, but I think it's going to be similar to the COVID notices. Yeah. You know, <coughs> it will only be under a few very specific grounds that you will be able to end a tenancy, and you won't be able to do it over that period that they're bringing into place as well. The rent freezes as well, I mean some landlords phoned me and said some things like does this mean the Scottish Government are going to control my rent going forward and how much I can advertise? And I, I doubt that very much. I think it'll just be you won't be able to increase it for an existing tenancy during that time. So it's, it's perhaps not quite as bad as some landlords maybe thought. Mm-hmm. There was a lot, even on likes of LinkedIn and online, there was a lot of landlords writing things saying this is the final straw and this means that we have got no control. And it, it's probably not as bad as people think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Will it be, will it help? I, I feel that it's it's a very short term fix. It's not really dealing with long term problems um, with the sort of housing supply in Scotland. Um, I, I feel that it's also delaying inevitable. So if, if a landlord is wanting to evict a tenant, then they're just going to hold off and do it at the end of the, you know, it's the same with mm-hmm. when there was the COVID um, extended notice periods. It, it doesn't really stop it from happening, if that makes sense. And, yeah. um, same with the rent increases as well. It's sort of del- the inevitable in that front as well. So um, I can see why the Scottish government did it. They, you don't really want to see people getting rent increases over winter when gas prices are high right. and things like that. Oh, so yeah. I, I can see that aspect of it, but it's not really solving the...
0: No. Well, do you feel, uh, you know, for landlords, obviously you've raised a few reasons as to why they may have panicked and knee-jerk reactions as soon as the announcement was made. I mean, do you feel that on the back of all the temporary coronavirus legislation, there was landlords who deliberately kept the rent low during the pandemic and held off increasing rent? Allowing time for the tenants to recover, and now they've been hit with this legislation that makes it hard for them to cover their costs or financial prepare for other legislation coming in. You know, EPC requirements, or again, just seeing the interest rates, they may be panicking. I think sometimes there's the view um, that landlords will always have quite a few properties, and therefore they may be more well off than people assume. Yeah. And actually, a lot of them just have one, so. As I mentioned before, their mortgages going up in their own property and then the rental property. I think there are maybe, the, 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 I don't know, you may be able to tell me from your experience, a minority of certain landlords who are increasing rents, you know, ridiculous kind of levels. But I think overall, landlords, certainly from when we're speaking to people, landlords don't like to always increase tenancy, and they do like to keep fair rents. Yeah, so how do you feel, do you think, just on the back of the coronavirus legislation and that this has now come in, do you think maybe some landlord's going to further struggle?
1: Yeah, I'm, I, I totally agree with what you were saying about, I think there's an assumption that most people think landlords are multi-millionaires and have got Hundreds of thousands of pounds in the bank, but I mean, there's a lot of what people would call accidental yeah. landlords. So landlords that never really intended of being landlords, but they've maybe had to move away, or they've maybe moved in with their partner, and they've had a spare property and haven't quite wanted to sell it. And, and this assumption that you know landlords are you know so wealthy. It's I would say probably the majority of our landlords, you know, they they maybe make a, a tiny bit of money every month from their property, but most of them keep it for doing ongoing repairs, maintenance yeah. things like that. I mean to give you an example I've got a, a client that has um, three flats in, in Edinburgh and I think my, these three flats are worth about £800,000 and she says between the the three flats she says once are our factoring fees, or mortgage payments and she, says she makes about £300 for the three properties so yeah. that's per month so that's about £100 per property but if you think, you know, by the time you do your gas safety or your part test or just you know, if you need a new wash machine something like that mm-hmm. I mean, for the year, she says she barely makes anything um, and
0: she's, she's probably more relying on appreciation of the property long term
1: Exactly, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean she's very worried she was talking about the interest rates going up and she says mm-hmm. it's getting to the point that I'm not going to actually have anything left over, and you
0: know, she could be making a loss, and actually paying out for. Yeah,
1: it. But mm-hmm. exactly, and I there is. I'm sure there is landlords that make out, you know, make a living quite well mm-hmm. of doing property rentals, but I would say most of them don't make a huge amount of money, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to be too well, poor landlord, but they they've obviously got yeah. to cover their costs as well, and um, you know they've. If it goes into a negative, they've got to pay for things out of their own um, pocket. It. and There's always things coming up as well, like sort of roof repairs and mm-hmm. things like that that cost a lot of mm-hmm. money. So it's it's definitely getting tougher to be a landlord, I think.
0: And I think it's worth highlighting the landlord side because obviously, uh, and uh, you know, this has been introdu- introduced, this legislation to protect the tenant. And, and obviously the tenants do need to p- be protected. Um, it's, it's going to be a tough time for everyone. But I think, yeah, while we're talking about this, it is worthwhile just as pointing out the other side. Well, I mean, just after the announcement on rent freezes and the moratorium on evictions, Chief Executive of the Scottish Association of Landlords, John Blackwood, he stated that I've been inundated by landlords saying that they will be removing the vacant properties from the rental market and I don't blame them. So what's your view on how the emergency legislation will well we can know how it might affect landlords but also you know how it will affect the private residential lettings market itself
1: yeah so I mean this um, to a certain extent this always happens any time there's a new rule coming into place or a new bit of legislation I, mean, I, I remember when you needed to register your deposit when, you know, landlords used to be able to just keep the deposit and decide how many deductions Mm -hmm. they would want to make. And, you know, when that came in, I remember landlords back then phoning and saying, oh, no, I'm losing control. I'm not interested in doing lettings. But when, you know, EICRs came into place, that there's just, there's there's so many times that the rules change and and, and you always get that knee-jerk reaction that says, you know, enough's enough from landlords. So I wasn't too surprised that that was happening. you know, you'll get landlords that have maybe been thinking about selling for a while, and just that's enough just to push them over the line. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it, it always happens, um, and maybe when some of them find out the more finer details of what the. Two new rules actually mean they might change their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the
0: unknown, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and it, it, it's almost the, it's almost that we're losing control, and you know yeah. I, I think landlords really dislike that, and you know the government's against us sort of thing. But I think when there's more guidance and the draft legislation is published, I think some of them might change their mind, um, mm-hmm. and I think the ones that say they're going to sell because of that, they were probably thinking about selling. Anyway, that's just right. been the thing that's pushed them over the, the edge, sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so yeah, it's it's it always happens whenever something changes in leasing, you get that. It's quite common. And I
0: guess it's unknown of how long it will go on for. It with the indication that it would be reviewed rather than it is only till March. You yeah, know. So. exactly. So what's your opinion then on the real reasons for the housing crisis in Scotland, and and what could have been a better approach then for the Scottish government? To, to still help tenants, but without maybe risking more landlords withdrawing or selling the properties
1: yeah, it's i mean. it 's quite difficult because there really is no massive short term solution because it 's quite a long term problem, I and mean, the problem is we don 't have enough housing stock, especially in places like of Edinburgh and Glasgow and certain parts of Aberdeen as well so long term there needs to be more housing I mean, it's just supply and demand really and these little things help for a very short period of time but that they're not really dealing with the long-term issues that we have um i mean like it's an example of it is like being in a supermarket and there's no food and saying right rather than let's work with the farmers to make sure there's food next year and the, you know make sure that the infrastructure so this doesn't happen again we'll, we'll control prices of the food that we've got, you know, it's mm-hmm. quite. So I, I always think the sort of short-term thinking, just creates short-term results yeah. and mm-hmm. you know things like that. We're just going to have the same problem next year and the year after. So it's almost like maybe stop planning the little things and focus more on the house building. Mm-hmm. And I totally get it's not as easy yeah. as just building houses here, there, and everywhere. But that, that is the that, that's the thing that's going to help mm-hmm. the most is just having more supply.
0: Do you um, think just now? Do you think legislation, in a way, could possibly cause more problems than it's trying to solve?
1: Yeah, but the thing is that we always need a healthy supply of rental stock. I mean, there's always mm-hmm. going to be demand from students, people that are maybe not ready to buy, people that can't buy, you know, people that are... I mean, especially up in Aberdeen, you'd get somebody that was... Especially for oil and gas, you get somebody that was there for maybe an 18 month project. There's no way they're going to buy a property for 18 months. They're quite happy to, to lease for 18 months. So there's that constant demand for rentals, and I think we need to make sure there's always a constant supply of healthy rental stock. And if you know, I think some landlords feel like the more they're getting, I don't know if "punished" the right word, but the more things it's making it difficult for them, then it, what it's really doing is it's making existing landlords more likely to sell, and it's also making it less attractive for maybe new landlords mm-hmm. and future landlords who think, "Well, I'll just put my money somewhere else," mm-hmm. and I'll, or I'll buy maybe in somewhere that's not as strict and there's not as many rules. I think. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; that there obviously has to be rules and things like that. I think for landlords to do, and tenants need protection um, as well, but. I worry that we're maybe making it very unattractive for people to buy more properties and then we're also the ones we do have are starting to decrease because people think it's just it's not worth me doing this anymore Um, which means less supply and less things to rent which makes it worse for tenants so yeah it's the problem.
0: Well just you mentioned students actually because it was recently reported that Glasgow University university advised students that if they hadn't secured accommodation then they shouldn't complete the registration process. Now Aberdeen experienced a similar situation in 2015-2016 so what are your views on this type of crisis and how best could it be eased?
1: It's a really difficult one. Um, I I remember the the, the problem in Aberdeen and they had students going into hotels and things like Mm -hmm. that that the the university would pay for. Um, It's a hard one to solve. the only thing I could think of that might be slightly practical is maybe giving students financial rewards for maybe staying at home and mm-hmm. you know especially if if you're studying in Edinburgh mm-hmm. and perhaps you live in you know the borders on Fife yeah. or something you can maybe give them sort of payments for not using the student accommodation yeah. but Looking at it the other way, if I was eighteen and starting university, I want to be in the city mm-hmm. and, and getting the full experience. I, I don't really want to be staying at home with my mum and dad and you know commuting in twice a week mm-hmm. and doing it all online. So, would that actually be practical? I, I don't think so. I think most students want to stay in halls of residence and get the the, the city experience. experience. And student life, exactly, yeah. yeah. And then you don't own uh-huh. them. I, I would be uh-huh. exactly the same. So, it's a difficult one to solve. And I think probably going back to what I was sort of talking about previously, we just need more accommodation yeah
0: because I think well in particular with Glasgow I think it's actually accepting more entries from overseas which overseas students which is probably exasperating the problem okay well obviously there's a lots of kind of areas within the housing crisis including the student housing crisis that that do need to need to be looked at need to be resolved but look thank you for all your insights and opinions and and just on another note because obviously you're many plates, you've just a huge move down. Um, but out with all the kind of chaos, what do you, what do you tend to do just to, to relax out of the, the world of property?
1: Um, it's, that's a good question. Um, the thing that relaxes me quite a lot is walking my dog, um, which I quite enjoy. But on a, a serious note, I, I try not to read my emails after six yeah, o'clock at night. So that's um, I try not to work Saturday and Sunday. Occasionally, if I've got a lot on, I'll do maybe a Saturday morning. But mm-hmm. I'm trying to try and get my work-life balance good because
0: balance, ah, yeah. Yeah, I get
1: me checking emails at 10 o'clock at night and then mm-hmm. people start emailing you back so I I've, I've try to say right I'm going to be 8 till half past 5 is when I'm going to try and work till mm-hmm. and um, try and never go after 6 o'clock and um, yeah exercise is good for me as mm-hmm. well, getting to the gym or going for a run mm-hmm. and I, I find sometimes if I, if I do that um, at night time I feel my mm-hmm. head's fresher the next again day rather than if I work till 9 o'clock at night the next again day I'm tired and I'm not very fresh. So um, I'm trying to be very strict with that, but it is difficult, especially with everything being on your phone these yeah, days. Yeah, that uh, is, it's
0: harder to get away from
1: it. Yeah, you're constantly available. And the other one I'm trying to do is not give landlords my mobile number. So, cause mm. you, I'm, I'm sure you're a lot of letting agents will agree when, when they get your mobile number, they start texting you at silly times, messaging or Sunday, and things. So I, I try and just give them the office landline email. And then those two things I can say, right, I'll manage Monday to Friday and that does help a lot with the switching off at night time because
0: Perfect. We should, yeah, a lot of people take that advice <laughs> definitely awesome it's been lovely to meet you no, thank, thank you, you so for having much me, thank you I'm Gillian Semler thanks for listening if you've enjoyed the show don't forget to subscribe to the Let's Talk channel on all the usual platforms including Spotify iTunes and Soundcloud as well as on citylets.co.uk forward slash podcasts and also let your friends know where to find us Let's Talk is a dedicated property show providing insight into the world of property letting. More information on today's show can always be found on our show notes along with this podcast. If you want to get in touch, just reach out to letstalk at citylets.co.uk